Three, two, one, and we are back, and we have got something special for you today and also for tomorrow. I was interviewed recently, um, and uh, this interview is a replay of that interview. It happened a couple days ago, but it came out so good, and based on the feedback we've received already, I knew that this would be perfect for all of you to give a listen. So if you are over on YouTube, please do watch the video through, and obviously, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please do like and subscribe. So this is day one, and tomorrow is obviously day two. Let us know what you think of uh, this interview. We certainly appreciate your feedback. Thank you for keeping Real Estate Coaching Radio started myself, Tim Harris and Julie Harris, the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. Here we go. All right. So for anybody that's been, you know, I don't know, laying under a rock and in our industry, Tim, will you just give us a 90 second, you know, who you are, what you've been up to for the last 20 years, please? Well, it's been longer than that. So we've been, been longer Julie than that. I, yeah, I know. Julie and I have been married for 32 years this year, which is incredible. And so we bought our first house. What's wrong house. with her? Right? Is she Bad okay? Vision. Yeah. Bad vision. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So we've been married for 32 years this year. And we bought our first house when we were 22 and 23. We were barely out of high school. And um, essentially right after that, we got into real estate. But we owned actually another business prior to getting into real estate. And, um, yeah, our first year in business, our first full year selling real estate for other people, not just ourselves, we sold 103 homes and that was a record then. And from what I understand, no one's broken that record since. I don't know if it's true or not. That's just what I was told. I'm, how would I know? But yeah, that was a big deal. And how did we do it? The fundamentals of how we did it is there are still how we teach agents to do it to this day. And where we wrote our, you know, our book about Harris rules. But yeah, so from there, we sold real estate for about 10 years, typically 100 to 200 homes per year. And we built a real estate team, kind of went through the trials and tribulations of that. We actually were doing proactive and passive lead generation, you know, marketing and also, you know, self-generating leads. So we've got had experience with that. And then we, we became Howard Brenton stars in 1998, I think. And Howard Brenton in the day uh, was the biggest deal in real estate. So it was a huge honor. You know, he had invited us to be a, his stars of the month. And we, you know, the whole thing was pretty it was this was actually barely be, like right when the internet was going mainstream with consumers so i mean it's kind of funny to think about that but it's true so he used to actually have these interviews and he would mail them out in a tape or a cd i remember when he went from tapes to cd wow um yeah back in the 90s anyway so we were uh, his stars and then from there we um remax started having us do a lot of speaking for them we flew to different regions and all this stuff and so all of a sudden to, for, we didn't intend to become well-known in real estate. We just wanted to sell real estate. That's it. And then we turns out we were pretty good at it. And turns out a lot of people wanted to hear us talk about how we did it. And then we tripped into coaching. So co coaching really started happening in the very late 90s, like right around 2000. And I'll tell you this funny story. You'll appreciate it. I don't think I told you this before, Brandon. So Julie and I were at a Howard Brenton seminar. And we were Howard Brenton stars. And we were standing in the back of the room. And he had maybe 2,500 people in the room. And Howard, who passed away, but they just recently relaunched Star Power, which is great. Anyway, so he announced from stage, we're starting this coaching program. And he had no idea whether he was going to get one person or like two people or whatever interested. And um, we got just talked a little bit about it. And they said, for the, and it was right before a break. And he goes, so for those of you who are interested in being coached, what come up and during the break and throw your business card on stage. And remember, Julie and I are in the back of this huge room. And I remember seeing like 
everyone in the room <laughs> rush up and just, it looked like confetti. There are so many cards just hitting the deck, you know, hitting the stage. And Julia, so Julia and I looked at each other and go, what the hell just happened? We realized it was the birth of a really big idea. Now, coaching and training had been around obviously forever and in business actually for a while too, but not in real estate. And so during that break, people started coming up to us and asked us, are you guys doing coaching and training? Are you doing coaching and training? So the first couple of times we said, no, we don't, you know, I don't know what it was, honestly. And then we started saying yes. And then one of the first people I said yes to is Michael and Robin Gordon, who mm. we're still working with. And they're on the main line in Philadelphia, one of the, I think, top Wall Street Journal agents in the country. And yeah, so that was, they were officially our first client. And isn't that incredible? Wow. Crazy, <laughs> unbelievable story. And so, yeah. yeah, you, I mean, you guys have really seen it all. I mean, the different trends, different real estate markets, you know, people come yeah. and go, you know, and, and what I want to unpack today and really dive into Tim is, you know, what, what I think, what, what makes a real estate agent successful, maybe some of the pitfalls you've seen over the years, and then we'll get into the industry. But, you know, when you look at, you know, the, the, the broad spectrum of real estate agents and you've seen a lot, you've seen them all. You've seen them come, you've seen them go. What are some of the things that you find maybe some characteristics that makes one successful? Let's start with that. Well, it's um, follow one course until successful. Um, or you can say that a bunch of different ways, but focus, follow one course until successful. And like a lot of agents, so I'll reframe your question slightly because I think it'll be like help more yeah. people. So why is it that with all of these lead generation ideas, team ideas, marketing, branding ideas, why is it with all these different ways to build your business in real estate? Why is the failure rate in real estate increased and not decrease? That's why, is the, why is the duration, why is the amount of time that a new licensee you know, stays active in real estate been on the decline, not increasing, despite the fact that there's all these new business building systems and gurus and all these other people out there? And so the answer is, is because people don't follow one course until successful. They never give themselves time to really get good at one thing. People overestimate what they can do in a year and they underestimate what they can actually get done in 20. Uh, and it's not a new phenomenon. People think, well, it's social media and it's, you know, people are expecting little quick, you know, social Instagram posts and all that. Nope. People have always had attention spans to gnats at, at you know, same as a gnat. So if you want to have an unfair advantage in the marketplace, uh, stay the course. But the trick is, and you know this, Make sure you choose which path you're going to be on uh, correctly and don't just choose what's perceived to be the easiest path because the easiest path is what everyone else is going to follow. And when everyone else follows it, it means that it's going to have the most competition and it's going to have the least likelihood of you actually succeeding from following that path. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. Well said. And I think that you are a hundred percent spot on is that, you know, these the failure rate that is increasing, the phenomenon is is very interesting. As more and more information gets released on how to win in real estate, how is it then, if information's the whole thing, right? Information's power, that whole thing. If that was true, why are people failing more now than before? And I think that you you hit it spot on. And that is having all of these voices come at these new real estate agents and it creates a world that elicits shiny object syndrome. And so navigating through all the different voices, you know, it's hard for a new agent. Could you imagine, Tim, right now getting into the business and saying, oh my gosh, every time I turn my computer on my phone on, 
I hear somebody saying something that contradicts the other person to do the exact opposite. And so who do I listen to? And I guess that's the next thing to unpack is how does one navigate the noise in our industry with every Tom, Dick, and Harry, like to your point, calling themselves a coach or a guru, telling them to do this, to do that? How, how was one to navigate all of that? So there's four phases. Let's just focus in on what you said. You said basically choosing a coach or uh, I don't like the word guru, frankly, but let's just use the word coach or trainer. So the first question, there's four questions. The first question you have to ask when choosing someone who you're going to follow, right? Or who you're going to listen to, who you're going to give you know, your potentiality to, because that's really what you're doing when you decide to watch a YouTube video or listen to a podcast, right? Number one is that, that has that person, four questions, four filters. And these filters, Julie and I use for every aspect of, you know, not just when we're hiring someone to be a trainer, but financial advisor, dentist, doctor, whatever, right? So number one is, have they actually done it? Mm. So in real estate, have they had a real estate license? And I would say if you, and it's like, just because everyone is uh, following somebody, watching somebody on YouTube or whatever, you cannot assume that the crowd's done their homework to, sufficiently to protect you, frankly. Yep. Uh, again, go back to the previous point. Why are so many agents failing so much faster? It's because, frankly, they're following false profits. Mm. Um, and so number, number one question that Julie and I always lean into is when you're choosing someone to listen to, especially when it has to do with your real estate success, has that person had a real estate license before? If the answer is no, then that person immediately should be disqualified. Period. Full stop. Why? Because you can do better. So the next question is, is if you find somebody who's had a real estate license before, the next question is, is have they sold 100 homes in one year? Right. So if they've That's had a exactly license right. before, move on to question two. Question two is, have they hold, sold 100 homes in a year? OK, that might be somebody worth listening to, frankly, because to sell 100 homes in a year, you have to have you have to. Have, it's not by accident. You have to have obviously had a lot of diligence, some work, some skills, some talent. You are probably somebody that I should be listening to. Question number three. Okay, so now I'm moving on to question filter number three, as Julie and I call it. Filter three, have you sold at least 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? Hmm, mm. interesting. <laughs> Why that question? Because some people will, for example, list a building in Manhattan or list, we just got back from ringing the bell on NASDAQ, you know, and buildings everywhere. If you had listed that building and that building, you could have easily sold 100 units in a year, okay? Well, does that qualify you to be a coach? I don't think so. Question two, did you sell at least five home, 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? Because to have done that, you not only have to have uh, you know, essentially known what you were doing at some level, but also known how to run a business and scale up a practice where you have consistent lead flow, where you can handle customers at a high level, where you actually have mastered the art and science of being a successful real estate agent for a duration. And probably you've mastered selling real estate through different market cycles too. So if you've, if that's a great coach, if you can find those three things, but now here's the fourth filter and this fourth filter is going to knock just nearly about everybody out. Have, okay. You're thinking about hiring a real estate coach or professional has that real estate coach trainer, whatever performed 100,000, 100,000 paid one-on-one -on -one coaching calls mm. paid because here's how they're, they'll obfuscate the answering of that question. They'll say, well, I have. You know, I've been in front of, I've spoken in front of so many agents. I've done so many agent trainings. I've had so many, you know, people watch my YouTube videos. Nope. Have you been on the phone or a video with, you know, enough, essentially enough times with enough agents where they're paying you to perform a coaching call, help them on their business at least 
100,000 times. Now, why is that important? Because at that point, you've been market tested. At that point, you've proven your ability to not be just be successful selling real estate agent, uh, selling real estate, not just successful at selling real estate, uh, you know, for five years at a high level consistently, but now you've proven your ability to help others do the same. And if you can't find, you know, and there's, there's a handful of people out there that qualify for that. And eight, in my opinion, the reason that agents, uh, one of the reasons that agents are failing at a higher rate, frankly, it is because they're following false profits. It is because they're not being discerning who they're listening to. It is because there's this proliferation of people that are calling themselves real estate coaches and trainers out there that have never done one of those things, let alone all four of those things um, and the shiny objects. And so if you're not being really particular who you're listening to and using what's what, you know, Brandon and I, he's from Michigan, we're from Ohio, what you call common sense. Right. If you're not using common sense who you're going to listen to, you're probably just going to be real estate roadkill. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Well said. Thank you for that. And I think I'll, I'll go down this path and maybe it's a dangerous one. I don't know. But I think one of the biggest challenges, I, well, I want your opinion on this, Tim, is those four things I wrote down, those are phenomenal. That's a great framework to follow to say, am I going to believe in the message that is being disseminated or not? And it makes it very clear. I think the challenge is if you go down those four things and you look at the voice that most agents hear from first is their broker. And so that, in my experience, most brokers don't fit this bill. Most <laughs> broker, right? So most broker managers that are bringing these people into these into the industry don't fit the bill. Yep. But they're the ones they're taking advice from before they even know to hire a coach, before they even get introduced to somebody like you. Right. So I think that and I've talked about this in other podcasts before. How do we how do we what do we do about that in the industry so that the voices that they hear early on, they're not being influenced by somebody who hasn't sold a house, 100 homes in a year before? Because in my experience, and I own a company too, most broker owners, most have not succeeded in the selling of real estate in any high, high success. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, 100% agree, obviously. You're, uh, so 74% of all agents have been in the business and brokers, right? Licensees, let's say, have only been in the business for 15 years or less. Mm. So they have only sold in this ridiculous, you know. Crazy seller's market. Well, yeah. crazy seller's market, but it's also been essentially a... Uh, you know, low interest rate, um, quantitative easing, sort of fake market. Be yeah. You know, the, fo the FOMO, what people are now realizing is that the FOMO that was created by the sustained low artificial low, in low interest rates, because the government was keeping interest rates down, has bred a generation of agents, more than a generation, let's call it a generation 10 years. It's, gener it's bred a generation of agents that have never had to sell in a market other than where you could essentially lean into FOMO, fear of missing out. So sellers FOMO, I'll sell, I'll keep, or I'll, you know, keep my house for a couple of years. I'll hit the, uh, you know, I'll win the real estate lottery. I'll move up to the next one. Buyers, oh my gosh, if I don't buy something, I'm going to lose out. Those types of things. Now, when that FOMO doesn't exist, so many agents have no clue how to actually, you know, get a seller to list correctly, motivate yep. a buyer so that buyers don't fear it. Skills. That's where we're entering. We're entering, we're leaving a market that was about, you know, really who knows you, frankly. And we're entering a market into with that's going to be mostly what do you, what do you know? Like what is your actual skill set? So 
yes, you're correct. There's a whole generation of agents and brokers and team leaders, most of them out there that you trip across, have never sold real estate in anything other than this sort of, you know, artificially induced seller's market. And mm. and, and it, there it is. That's it. So they've not had to have the skill. They don't know how to do price reductions. They don't know how to do all the things that are necessary to market like this. Even knowing the skills. Okay, here's the script. Here's what I'm going to say. The psychology that's involved, not just to manage yourself, but to manage the seller's expectations, the psychology of knowing how to, you know, deal with a seller if you have 10 sellers, 20 sellers, right? And how to manage all of their, uh, you know, their fears, all that. That's what really, that's where the skill comes in. And when you can do that at a high level and you know what to say and how to say it, you're operating on a level of conscious and uh, conscious competence where you don't even have to think before you talk because whatever comes out of your mouth is spot on. When you operate at that level selling real estate, and I hope all of you get to the point where you can experience that because it's incredible. Um, you know, then you've arrived truly. Then you control your, you control what goes in your head. You can control what comes out of your mouth. And then when the seller's sitting across from you, you might not have a hundred thousand people to follow you on Instagram or TikTok videos and all those types of things. Uh, but the seller wants to list with you because they can see you have the skill set. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And you know, when 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 the agent, we talked about, hey, who who should you? What is the filter framework in? that someone can go through to decide, okay, am I going to invest in this person or not? Time, energy, effort, financially, all of those things. Is there additional things that you think agents should should consider before they say, I'm gonna go work at this company, work for this brokerage, join this team? Is there additional things to the four things that you have already mentioned? Uh, well, I mean, so my mind is going to trying to figure out what you're asking. If you're well, asking, well, my question like, is, my question is this, my question is, so you're, you're spot on, right? There's all these voices coming in from everywhere, right? Most of which actually aren't broker owners. Most are like, you know, people, fake, fake influencers, people that can just turn the camera on and they can just, you know, scream what I'm talking about. Okay. Bob, who's sitting there wanting to get into real estate, wants to join this industry, you gave a nice framework on, hey, here's how you filter information. What about when it comes to which brokerage should I join? Are there things that I need to consider before I say, yeah, I'm going to go in, I'm going to go uh, invest my career with this leadership team or with this or with that? Because we just did a podcast, I don't know, a week ago talking about this topic. I'm, I'm curious are there things that you would coach an agent to or someone getting into the business to say, listen, these are the things you need to consider before you make a massive decision to join Billy Bob's Real Estate, EXP, Remax, KW. These are the things you need to really consider. So I'm going to expand on that with your permission. So your environment. So there's only three things you can really control. You can argue for, but you can control your environment. You can control your weight. You can control your finances. Beautiful. Right? Yes. So your, your environment is everything, and your environment's not just. Say like, that again, so nobody misses it. Your so what? You can, you can control three things, um, and that's about it. You can control your weight. You can control your finances, and you can control your environment. So weight and finances speak for themselves, but environment is obtuse. So let's drill down on what that means. Your environment is your physical environment, where you are, but your environment's also who you expose yourself to virtually and, and in real life. Your environment's your real estate office. Your environment's you know what you listen to, what you watch, 
um, you know, that's your environment. And one of the things that just to meander it slightly, but one of the best things that everyone can do for themselves is take a, a mental, emotional cleanse and completely go media free. We did. I can't even remember how long ago Julie and I did that. We, we don't watch the news at all. Not nothing at all. We are completely media free. And that helps so much because, it, again, you have to control your environment. You might think you have the best mindset ever and you can be, you know, watching all these news channels. You don't think it's going to have a negative effect on you. Of course, it's going to have a negative effect on you. So number one thing is if you're choosing a, you know, a real estate brokerage, you got to choose somebody who's op not operating out of fear. If you go to an, a, an, a uh, if you choose an office where everyone's basically, you know, digging their, uh, their, their foxholes ready for the, the alien invasion, you know, because of the recession or whatever the hell it is. There's going to be, look, a recession will come or will it go? It doesn't matter. No. The interest rates will go up. Will they, they'll go down? doesn't matter. No. Will all these other, you know, things we're supposed to worry about. So if you're in an environment and again, if you're on Facebook groups, if you're, if you find yourself, you know, suckered into watching certain things, consuming certain things, being around certain people that make you feel fear, that's the thing. That's how you can monitor whether or not you're in the right environment. How do you feel like listeners? How do you feel when you listen to, to Brandon? How do you feel when you're listening to this, watching this? How do you feel? How do you feel right now? And probably the way you feel similar to the way I feel, which is you feel sanguine, you feel happy, you feel calm, you feel uh, in control. Now, if all of a sudden you flip off and now you're watching some other video and the person's telling you about how the sky is falling, you're no longer in control of your thoughts. You're no longer controlling your environment. So you, the best way to be effective, I found, is to stop thinking about so many things and fo basically focus on fewer things. Have Like this, really at the end of the day, like Brandon, you and I are going to be sitting on the beach a year from now. I'm going to get your butt down to Puerto Rico. It's going yep. to happen. Okay? I love it. And I'm going to ask you, what are the best, what are the top three to five things? We're going to do this in January of next year. So what are the top three to five things that you accomplished in the last 12 months that you're most proud of? Mm. Like, what are the things, what are the things that you are absolutely thrilled that you accomplished there? You, you hit it out of the park. Like you got in really great shape, you know, maybe yeah. you saved a million dollars. Maybe you bought a Ferrari. Maybe you sold a Ferrari. Maybe you, it doesn't matter what you donated money. It doesn't matter what, right? You just decide what are the things, but they have to be quantifiable. They have to be mm. real. Oh, I got better control of my schedule. Now, how right. about this? You took 20 listings. You sold 30 houses. You saved $100,000. You paid off 100000 in debt. What are the specific things? And choose three to five and that's it. And focus on those things. And anything else that tries to distract you from any of those things, you got to be very weary. You got to control your environment. So if you find yourself in an environment and, you know, Julie and I are associated with EXP. We have been for four years. And one of the reasons that we chose, and I won't make this do an EXP pitch because I know that triggers you. I'm joking. Hey, that's right. <laughs> uh, we can keep it real on this show. It's all good. All right. Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons. I'll tell you the number one reason we chose it because I didn't want to uh, be associated with any one brokerage because I was worried about, you right. know, Julie and I have a coaching and training organization. We have the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the United States, blah, 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 a lot of stuff. And I was worried that if we didn't stay broker agnostic, we would, it would hurt our main business and the exact opposite happened. Hmm. So when I look at, for example, I, I, I'll never forget it because it was like um, Julie and I were driving back from an EXP event in San Antonio, Texas. This is when we lived in Austin. Now we live in Dorado, Puerto Rico. And we were driving up on the toll road. The speed limit's 85. You'd love it, Brandon. And so uh, Julie is asking me and I was still kind of dug in. I was, oh, I don't think so, blah, blah, blah. And really what was holding me back was my ego. 
because I was worried it adversely affect our main business, like I just expressed all you. Sure. And they really asked me like two questions. I'll never forget him because it was very clarifying because it made me feel like a hypocrite. She goes, what is our mission in our real estate business? What are, you know, our coaching business? What are we really, what, and we're trying to help agents create freedom, freedom, financial freedom, primarily. We're trying to help agents improve their lives through, you know, building successful real estate businesses. That's really what drives us. That's our mission. Um, you know, helping agents feel free, helping agents get to the point where they don't have to live under the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs and cash flow, the whole rest of it. Um, yeah. And then she said, well, how is EXP not in alignment with that particular goal? So in other words, she was saying, if you, if that truly is what you think and you feel, and that's the driving mission that we have in our coaching business, and you know that EXP is going to help us, or is going to help us deliver that to agents, and EXP is going to help um, agents accomplish that even on a higher level, frankly, than they can with our coaching, because it's the next thing, right? Yep. That was the connection for me. Cause what I realized was, is that we can get them to be productive. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I was on the phone the other day, two weeks ago with an agent in Iowa and he was with century 21 and this is real mom. estate in Iowa. You know, that's I'm from Ohio and you're from Michigan, brother. We should not be making fun of Iowa, True. right? Fair enough. Okay. Okay, we're all the same. You're right. So, so we get. Uh, I'm. So I'm going through the numbers with this guy, and this guy paid. Will last year will have paid his broker. He had a team of like 15 agents, right? So all yeah. in, uh, he'll pay his broker with the team. Oh, it was like four hundred and thirty thousand dollars, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and he'd been producing at that level like 270 units a year. He'd been producing at that level for like I think almost five years. So we are talking about millions of dollars he's paid to his broker. So I did the math for him at EXP. His group of 15 agents with all the ways that it works at EXP, I believe the total amount he'll pay EXP, if his volume is the same, was $43,000. So had he been with EXP over the last five years mm -hmm. and just invested the amount of money that he paid to Century 21 in like the index funds, you know, and, uh, you know, Vanguard index funds, right. the amount of money he would have made would have been millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And, and so this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.